Welcome to podcast number 66 on June 1st of 2022. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. I am the author of four investment books. Today's podcast will be a departure from the usual format. This reading will explain why I think it is important that I write my investment books and do these podcasts. I do it to make those most vulnerable aware of the consummate greed of the investment industry and how to best protect themselves from it. Therefore, reading from page 12 of chapter 1 from my first investment book, Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing. This chapter was entitled, Greed and Ignorance. You do not need to be a mathematical genius to invest well, nor do you need to spend more than five minutes a day monitoring your portfolio once it is established. You do need to have the self-discipline to avoid impulsive, unresearched investment decisions and to stick with the decisions your careful analysis has revealed. Patience is important. Stock prices never move in a straight line. The price of good stocks improves over time, but they do it slowly. No one can accurately predict the future. You can't guarantee anyone's future financial success. What I guarantee is that you will understand why you chose to invest in the common stocks of a publicly traded company and why that company's shares are most likely to increase in price and pay you a good dividend. I do not recommend the investment services of one bank over another. They strive to match each other's services. I'm sure many offer satisfactory, self-directed investment services. My self-directed investment method is as far away from speculative investing as you can get. It is not a get-rich-quick method that would excite speculators. Investing is not an exciting game. It is a serious business. Your future happiness is contingent upon the informed decisions you make for your investment portfolio. Not long ago, a woman, let us call her Miss Innocence, sought my help. She was frightened that her future financial health was in jeopardy. Answering her questions and concerns proved to me that my method of investing could work for anyone, no matter how old they were or how little they knew about investing. I met her when I was involved in a grassroots organization, fighting to stop a billion-dollar development. Miss Innocence was one of the volunteers who assisted me in this battle. She was a resident of a senior's apartment building. English was not her first language, but she writes and speaks it extremely well. Despite the many challenges 
she had faced in her life, she had not only survived, but flourished. Four years ago, she had sold a successful business. This sale left her with a very impressive sum to invest. While working together on a community project, we talked about investing. I mentioned the investment book I was writing. Despite her business experience, she said that her knowledge of investing had been restricted to bank savings accounts and government bonds. An investment advisor was managing her wealth. It was her sole source of income. Her investment portfolio had lost $300,000. She now feared that she would outlive her investment and become penniless. The dream of passing an inheritance onto her children and grandchildren seemed in jeopardy. An investment advisor had managed her portfolio for 20 years. Upon retiring, she told him she now wished to withdraw a modest sum of $3,500 per month from her portfolio. The investment advisor assured her that such an amount would preserve her income for a lifetime. Miss Innocence asked me if it was normal for an investment portfolio to shrink every year and whether her modest income would really continue into her 90s. I looked at her monthly statement and informed her that there was no reason a large portfolio should be shrinking so quickly. Also, she should have been able to withdraw double the monthly amount without affecting her value of the portfolio. I asked her why the investment advisor had put most of her money into low-interest bonds, preferred shares, and mutual funds. She did not know and had never paid attention to what he was doing with her money. All she had ever looked at was the total amount in her portfolio. Her only concern had been receiving $3,500 every month. She said that she would now look more closely at her portfolio. A few days later, she reported that her investment advisor's annual fee of 1% of her portfolio's value was, on closer inspection, almost 2%. She had not realized that she was paying additional transaction fees every month. Her investment portfolio was experiencing more investment transaction in a month than I would probably put through in 10 years. These transactions were generating thousands of dollars annually for the bank's investment service. In Chapter 4, an extract from a bank's full-service contract appears. It describes all the fees that a client agrees to open upon signing. The original is written in the smallest font and displayed in such a compressed format, making it almost impossible to read. Could it be that they do not want you to read it? Miss Innocence, who had been living very frugally, regretted not looking more closely at her portfolio. I told her of my similar experience in 2000 that it caused me to sever the relationship with my investment advisor and open a self-directed investment account. My large financial loss at that time motivated me to learn how to select stocks 
that would give a safe income and increase my portfolio's value year after year. Miss Innocent sought help with her portfolio. Since she had assisted me with the community project, I felt obligated to help her. Thus began the education of Miss Innocence. I quickly realized that her knowledge of investing was very limited. Despite her business background, she understood little about finance. It made me realize there are many like her who need to be shown how to protect and grow their wealth. If my method of investing could remove Miss Innocent's fear of managing her own money, then I knew it could help others. Many of her questions were so basic that I would never have thought of addressing them. She made this a better book by giving me insight into what needed investment help. Until then, I had only considered those receiving large inheritances, winning lotteries, signing multi-million dollar contracts, or accepting large settlements. Miss Innocence told me of the many widows in her senior's apartment building who from a lifetime of savings and the sale of their homes had net worth of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Most of these women had only an elementary education. Unable to comprehend the bank's investment advice, their pride prevented them from revealing their ignorance. They, too, needed help. Existing Self-directed websites assume a level of investment knowledge that thousands of potential investors do not have. While the banks may write sophisticated instructional material in a scholarly manner, they fail to provide the easy-to-understand basic investment information that the thousands of unsophisticated investors require. Miss Innocence revealed that many of these widows had never written a check until forced to do so after their husbands died. Their husbands had done them no favor in taking care of all the family's money matters. Since they were suspicious of anyone prying into their financial affairs, these women had parked their wealth in savings accounts. Here, it was being depleted by living expenses and inflation. Over the last 25 years, when inflation had been running at the average of 1.83%, the major Canadian banks were paying as little as 0.05% interest in savings accounts. These widows really do face the possibility of outliving their savings. After months of answering Miss Innocent's questions, she sent me an email in which she stated, In the last day or so, I realized that my stress I lived with is slowly dissipating and my face is relaxing. It is almost impossible to actually believe that I can feel safe, that I can trust my own judgment, though in all fairness you did help even with that. The decisions were mine, of course, but I had to be discerning, learning all the time why I took a specific stock and invested in it. I am one of possibly millions of people who are discovering the self-directed investing and the alternative to using a private financial advisor. And most of us 
had not been directly involved in managing our money. I might not have been as unusual or naive when I let him manage my, my investments because at that particular point and in those years, he knew far more than I did. A lot of us ignorant people have jobs who are busy with their lives, and it's easier to have an advisor who will manage your savings. So when you then discover the alternative and learn about self-direct investing, you're not only learning the strategies or lessons, you're not only learning about stocks and dividends, but you're entering a totally different way of life. With total control of your financial life, you start to regain your pride and self-confidence. Over the four months, Miss Innocent's questions were those of a proud, intelligent woman. Questions she being too intimidated to ask her investment advisor. All she wanted was for someone to come down to her level and carefully explain the investment options to her. Polite timidity and pride made her easy prey for an investment advisor. Too many investment advisors seem to prefer that investors be ignorant and timid. Often, they seem to discourage questions regarding the handling of your money. Some seem to be unable to resist manipulating a client's account to their own financial advantage. Too many behave like sharks. You are the prey. Buyer, beware. The investment industry has conditioned millions to believe that only qualified investment advisors can make intelligent investment choices. That anyone after reading this book could generate greater capital gains and realize more income without their assistance raises a question as to what are they doing to earn the thousands of dollars they charge their clients. Why don't investment advisors see educating clients in investing as a primary responsibility? If clients are unable to distinguish between a good investment and a bad investment, why do they see that as the client's problem instead of their problem? The one or two percent of their portfolio's value that clients pay their advisors each year may seem like a small amount. However, over 20 years, a client could pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for an investment advisor's service. They continue to pay it whether the value of the portfolio increases or decreases. These fees represent hundreds of thousands of dollars that could have provided additional dividend income. I stressed with Miss Innocence that the stock market is not a casino. She should not equate investing with gambling. The wealth of our economy increases when its citizens invest in the common shares of companies. It creates true value. A publicly traded company traded on a stock market is like a living organism. It competes, develops new products, builds an infrastructure and improves the lives of employees, customers, and society. A stock represents ownership in a company. It gives the investor a claim to a portion of a company's assets and a share in its profits. This is something 
not immediately grasped by new investors. Miss Innocence pointed out an obvious problem that had not occurred to me. Self-directed investing requires access to a computer and the internet. To self-invest, you need to be comfortable with a computer. Fortunately, Miss Innocence was quite computer literate. You need to do simple things like gaining access to your trading account, finding good stocks, researching stock purchases, and doing your banking. These are the first basic skills you need to acquire for self-directed investing. In addition, you need to invest a few hundred dollars in a personal computer. Instructions and basic computing skills are available from many free or inexpensive sources. Libraries, high schools, and others often conduct such courses. I explained to Miss Innocence that her objective was to find the 20 best dividend stocks among the 4,000 stocks traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange. This sounds intimidating, but all the tools to quickly and easily do so are available, free of charge. Well, you may not now be able to tell the difference between the stock you want and a stock that you should ignore. You soon will. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.